start hmm. okay guys i left on a cliffhanger last time two cliffhangers i got another mission during this podcast to do but yeah i was going to talk about a septic oh, tank yeah. so you guys want to make 150 an hour <laughs> it might be a little sinful because you're supporting someone's mental health issues what? but there's this dude who goes around and he'll swim in septic tanks and he'll pay 150 an hour to swim in your septic tank why it was the dis- most disgusting video wait, i think i've ever wait, seen why Cause he's into it, and he gets in a full body suit, mask and everything, and he just hops in the septic tank and s- splashes it all over himself and swims in it. <laughs> Saw that three days ago. Is he alive? He does it a lot, I guess. How does he get out? He has a he has a partner who helps him get in and helps him get out, and it's all charged for like he'll undig it and everything. Just doesn't sound like enough. <laughs> yeah, for your poop to be violated. Yeah, <laughs> I would consider that poop violation. Uh, and who would want to watch that? I didn't want to watch it. Just scrolling, <laughs> scrolling. No, no, no. But got I, me there. I, I can see that. Like you're scrolling, but like for me, it's like. Well, yeah. All right, Josh. Why don't you come down here and I want to see you swimming in my uh, septic tank. <laughs> well, I think I what? think people just do it for the money, and then they let him have his fun. Oh, he pays them. Yeah, he pays them. Oh. Yeah, he's paying you to come out. Um, Would I let someone well, do tell that? Them to come out. I'm pretty couple sure it's a health a violation. A couple times a week, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it, and then I took a shower afterwards because I was feeling a little disgusted. And I was like, is it morally right to let this dude do this if I had a septic tank? And I came to the conclusion, no, because it's a, we were in a mental health crisis in the die. U.S., and I'm supporting it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's just nasty, man. Horrible, dude. So how's everyone's week been? It's been amazing. It's the first day of the week. Uh, so we were. Uh, I think it's been good. Yeah, this past Can't weekend. Can't remember uh, anything bad. Jesse had a tournament, and so we were down at uh, in Tucson for the weekend at this tournament. And I got to thinking. Look, I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest here. The team is sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. But here's, here's expect the thing. that. Okay, look. They play this team that's kind of decent, and obviously the other team wins, right? Yeah. It's fine. Well, I didn't know that was obvious, but... Well, I mean, I just <laughs> told you they're sorry. <laughs> okay. Second game comes along, and they play a worse team than they played in the morning. So obviously the game's a little bit closer, right? You mm. think? No. No. It was worse. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> some of the parents are like... Oh, we're getting better because we scored a couple goals. Oh, we're getting better. And I'm like, how so? Well, hey, look, our passing's on point. And, and uh, look, we got a couple goals. And I'm like, um, if you're passing, you know, the team point. we played this morning <laughs> was better than this team. And this team scored eight goals on us already. How are we getting better? Oh, well, maybe you're right. <laughs> Following morning, we go to play the consolation game. Was that Saturday night? Yeah, that was Saturday night. Sunday morning or Sunday midday, we go play the consolation game. And I'm looking at the, you know, stats and everything. And I, I tell your mom, mm, we're pretty even with this team, but we should beat them. I, I think we're going to beat them. This, t- this other team hasn't scored one goal in the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. And they've been, like, blown out, like, 10-0. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, and I told your mom, we're going to win this game. And there was another parent, and I said, you watch after the game how many parents are going to say how much we've improved and how much better we're getting because we, we're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Well, we win. <laughs> Wait, did that parent believe you or no? They just laughed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we win 1-0. Uh-huh. And everybody's like, oh, my God, we've got so much better over this tournament. And, uh, wow, <laughs> such a big improvement. And the coach is like, yeah, you know, we're finally getting it. We're f-. I'm like, <laughs> we played a team that hasn't scored a goal in the entire tournament. And you only scored one. And we barely beat them by one <laughs> on a mistake by, the, by a couple of the defenders. Right? Mm-hmm. And the, and everybody's like, oh, we get... And so I was thinking, though, I, but this didn't make me think, though. I was thinking, like, because, you know, I, I coach, you know, and I did club for a long time. Do I just have that high a standard or am I just dumb? Because all the parents are happy. Well, you have that high standard, but that's what makes you a good coach. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> all the parents are happy. And I tell your mom, like, all the parents are happy. And I'm over here, like, upset because we're we're like junk we're not getting better and because i've always told and and you guys know this i've always told you guys i want to see effort and i want to see the team getting better wins will come i don't care we win or lose as long as we're trying and we're getting better eventually the wins will come but we ain't getting this team ain't getting better yeah but the wins are coming but (laughs) well it's not even like the wins are coming but Gosh, that, but that's what, win. but that's what'll get like to the coach's head and even yeah. the players. We played, I think we played eleven games, tournaments and stuff. I think eleven or twelve games. Just we've won two. This was this it's better than our last seasons. Yeah, you guys had it. Those, those are pretty, pretty awful. Yeah, but see, I'm, I'm not used to having losing seasons as a coach. This last season that used. we coached junior high, I maxed out my home gym. No, we are. You're just salty. No, we we can't lift as much as we me. had a losing season, okay? But Not we knew salty. that we knew that coming in because we had, I think, eleven sixth graders. I was like ten sixth and seventh graders. Yeah. So like all these players yeah, get to come back for next season. So that's, that's not a winning season now. No, but next year I got I got high expectations. Yeah. Because everybody's coming back basically, and so I knew it was gonna be rough. You know, and we still ended up, we ended up four and six, which wasn't the word. And we actually, we actually, at the end, got it. Like, all right, this is how coach wants us to play. Because our ball movement got so much better. Oh, because, oh my gosh, the first few games, yes. man. They didn't speak English. The defensive it, rotation. We, we weren't even speaking <laughs> soccer to them. We were just like, run, and they wouldn't. <laughs> that reminds me. No, but you got to understand, though, too. One it, player. The challenge that we have with this because it's it's homeschool Ooh. kids. Yeah. Who His majority of them have never been kicked to soccer. He joined after me, my first season. But yeah. But, yeah. Well, yeah, that would be that would be a rough. But our our last seasons, we have a right to laugh because well, we didn't win a did we win a game? We won one game in two years. Okay, I I always get my last few seasons mixed up because I remember we, our last we seasons fell out together. Of, yeah, we fell out of port of subs. And we played 8v8 on Friday nights mm-hmm. for a while. People. But then that last year, we got enough to where we are playing 11v11, but on Friday nights. And we still and, didn't and then, do any better. And then the team just died. Thankfully. Yeah, yeah. It may, I always didn't go back bad. to soccer because it, it killed yeah, the sport. Yeah, you know, because yeah. it was... It, and, and, and I tried, I tried talking to, to, to Coach and like, look, 
don't try to be their friends because you're messing this up. You're going to lose control of this team, and look what happened. Yeah. And problem was there was, a, there was talent on that team. Oh, yeah. It's just a lot of individualism. Yeah. I was watching a and video. a lot of pride. There was a, a, a game where this individual who thought he was all that supposedly passed the ball to Taylor, and Taylor took a shot from about 20 yards out. You know, beautiful goal he scored. But you go back and you look at the video, that dude never passed Taylor the ball. The defender poked it away. <laughs> and Taylor just happened to run up on it. That sounds like that team. It's like, yeah. oh, I got an assist. No, you didn't get no assist. I mean, it might have looked that way, but once you go back and watch it on the video, mm. no, that he, sounds about there was right. no pass. What's, what position did you Were you mid? Me. I, I like left wing, yeah. I just remember being defense and what? not being good. Oh, I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never played him on defense. Yeah. I always had him on the No, wing. you had me wing or striker. But even striker. your high school yeah. coach played you defense. So. Well, I became an actual defense. I, I, I almost died for my team on defense. <laughs> <laughs> I became Quite an actual literally. defender in the end. The watermelon. CDM. Split. That's the sport. Hey, but think about this too. Growing up when you guys were kids, the guy that was considered to be the best player. Messi? No, on our team. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. On our team, because we can't say names, so I hope you guys understand. Was it the year I was there? No, going back all the way since to like. So I don't know. He names. started with us with. Uh, um, oh, I I think uh, I know who. And um. I was always considered. What do you call the friendly games? The best. Wreck. 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 And wreck. It was you and these two other boys. Yeah. Well, this other one of these boys. Everybody thought it was just, oh, because he was very aggressive, very fast. But what did I tell you? I told you, you know, if, if he doesn't focus on his techniques, once he, once he gets older and everybody catches up as far as speed and strength, mm-hmm. he's not going to be as good. Yeah. And where did he end up playing? Defense. Defense. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Why? He had the aggression, he had the speed, but he didn't have the ball skills. But that yeah. makes a good defender. Right, no, well, yeah, no I'm yeah. not saying... No, well, he wasn't bad. No, he yeah. was a great athlete. He he was just a great athlete overall. Yeah. But as far as, like, soccer, he got caught up by Taylor and this other guy. And even passing because... Well, yeah, physically. Because, well, I always had better touch. And that gave me an equal amount of goals as his speed. Right. So, But... It, so that's why, to, like, to me, you know, what I like to do is my number one thing with players is development. That's I love to develop players. And the frustration with this coach is that he knows nothing about developing players, like zero. Like, I mean, just go watch a practice, man. Just go watch I mean, he was practice. a cool guy, just not, not a coach. Well, which, which I think I have nothing against coaches. him. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah, just. but... uh. Anyways. Some people aren't coaches. Scrimmaging every day. <laughs> that, that wasn't just him, though. The well, year yeah, before you us. came, we were melded together with this other team. And that coach scrimmaged every day, too. Right. And our players got the bad end of the stick. <laughs> so. and that, was, that was part of the clash. That was part of the breakup. Yeah. Because I believe in, in a little bit of scrimmage, but I don't think you get better. It should be more of a reward. Right, I mean, you... You earn it, you still get better, but not much. You develop with touches. Touches on the ball. That's how you're going to get better. Passing, learning how to move, learning where to be. Running. And, <laughs> yeah, running. But it, there's coaches that, yeah, all they want is, like, scrimmage. Yeah, that, they're getting everything. No, no. Mm-mm. No. But anyways, 
overall, overall was fun. You know, these tournaments are always fun. But yeah, I just have this high standard. And then this coach, one of these coaches, Jesse comes and tells us like, oh, coach so-and-so was cursing on the side. Like, what? Well, what was he saying? Well, he was saying the S word and the F word and this and that. I was like, what, what age group is this? You're 12. You're 12. There's 11-year-old yeah. girls. No, no, yeah. 13. They're 13s. So there's 11 and 12-year-old girls. Yeah. Most of them are already 12. Some are still 11 going on 12. And I'm thinking, like, at this point, I'm so mad. Because we were supposed to go to the team dinner. We didn't even go. Because mm-hmm. I was so mad. I'm like, no, nah, we ain't even going to go there. Mm-hmm. Because we've done, we do so much to try to keep her away from that kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And we're now paying thousands of dollars to take her to this. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, you know. Well, I mean, she's going to be exposed at some it. point, but, but, but I understand that the coaches shouldn't yeah. be that kind of influence. If anyone should be players, yeah. not coaches. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I understand it, like, with the players. And yeah. even if they were older, she was, like, in high school, and the coaches did it okay because I went through all that. But these are, like, middle schoolers. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> not high school. <laughs> like, what? Right. And at that point, you know, like, if she was playing high school, which would, where, what we do, you know, with the homeschool programs that we have out here, you know, she w- won't be around that as far as the coaching is concerned. Yeah. With players, yeah, you you can't help it. You can't, you know, control what the players do. Um, if, you're, but, uh, if you're the coach, you can. But. Well, yeah, the coach can. But that's <laughs> it. But if the coach yeah. is the one doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah, but I mean, exactly. even His daughter's doing it on the field, and you're like, ah. Even in high school, I my coach only a few times and it was typically when there's a genuine fist fight between two people in the team and you're just calling some donkey <laughs> and then we would just yeah. run for the rest of right. practice no but like so that's yeah, honestly so. more reasonable yeah like, like if a christian did that i wouldn't be like i would be like try not to but i mean with those public school kids fighting it's scary man <laughs> not in my school it, well, you played with the dude who got in the fight though yeah you played um, with him yeah. going um, after the little guy my height. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, you know, and but the thing is, is like now I'm at this point where like, because Jassy don't want to play with those coaches no more. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I wouldn't either. And, and now I'm like, okay, well, she's not really getting anything out of it. But at this point, we're thousands of dollars into it. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, what in the world? But anyways, yeah, we're, we're going to be okay. sending so, so. a letter to the, to the head. Yeah, that's that's good. But like, but okay. It's, yeah. It's, so so that this is a question I've had before. So in the military, you know, everyone cusses, and like the good examples are the guys that don't. But is it a sin when someone cusses like in the heat of battle? Yeah, because you're not supposed to. I doubt David when he was going up against Goliath said anything. No, but bad. like when. Not like that. Like more people. Well, yeah, he was gonna win. I, I I know it's not I mean, like, like that. More it people in the battle. Often. Like that's you know, more of a one-on-one. Like nah. I I, I wouldn't think so. Like in a battle like that, I don't think so. Um, and cursing honestly does not bother me. It, it doesn't bother me. I don't do it. Um, God's helped me not to well, do it. Yeah. So um, what do you consider having a bad mouth? 
Because the, the Bible says, like, to let your speech be seasoned with salt. Right. That's right. about all it says on the matter, and don't take the Lord's name in right. vain. It does say don't cuss. No, it does say in different yeah. translations says, says not to cuss. Well, yeah, because it's not to use profane language, language yeah. to let your language be seasoned with salt. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is, like, this is where it's so hard. It's because the coaches are not believers. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I don't think those coaches should saying? be doing it. I'm, I'm talking... I'm bringing up another question, like related Just to military, military. Or, or even cops. Yeah, no, no, for police. them, I mean, heat of the moment. Yeah. It's gonna happen. It um, it's gonna happen. when you command though, it's proven that if unless you you cuss all the time when you do commands, like a cop when he's out there and he's pulling someone over, if they cuss, they get listened to better. So <laughs> it makes, it does make sense why they do it, but I still don't think. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't think, think there's should. exceptions to their to the rule. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just always wonder, like, huh? It's more of a, if it's in your heart, then you'll say it. If not, it won't come to mind. But but then like like what what if you're like Kirk Cousins and you get drafted and you go go to the heat of the battle? You're gonna be saying like two or something like two. Well, dude, two um, or okay. So, say, oh yeah, he, he says like gosh darn it or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah he says like, funny things. It's well, like, like Philip so, Rivers. Uh huh. Philip Rivers, according to all these people, like NFL films and all that, mm-hmm. is the, was the biggest smack talker out there. Uh huh. He never, never cursed. cursed. Yeah. Really? <laughs> never yeah. cursed. Yeah, and he's Catholic too. And he's got like 15 kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah. probably why. But he never cursed, but he yeah. talked so much smack. So can, it, can you do it? Yeah, absolutely, you can. But it takes a lot of discipline. You're right yeah. about that. Yeah. But that's different, though, from like. You're in the battle and somebody just shot you and you're trying to get back and we're trying to save your It's different playing football and being shot at. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you're just just basically going off adrenaline. I mean, football is a lot of adrenaline too, but... But it's not life or death. But do you think... Do you think... um, What's his name? Hacksaw Ridge, dude. How do I forget his name? I don't know his name. Medal of Honor. Ah, this makes me upset. (laughs) But but also... I don't think he cussed at all when he was up there saving people. No, that... Yeah. I think it's very possible you can, especially with the Holy Spirit, you know, helping you and all. Right. But uh, I what was I gonna guy. say? Desmond Doss. Uh, there yeah. we go. Yeah. No, I've thought about that too before. Like all the adrenaline that goes in soccer, and then it's really cold, and then you get hit really hard, and <laughs> Just and pain. then but but there's still adrenaline, and you don't really feel it. But like, imagine how much more. Like pure adrenaline's going through your veins when you're like, if you your body doesn't make this next movement, you, you know, like you're dead, uh-huh. you know, it's that must be a crazy feeling, horrible too. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Or I mean, it's like like when you're playing football, going, since we're making an analogy, and you just get in that zone where you yeah. Just, no, but that's All what I'm saying. Like, like, it's like you're just going after that one Like guy. us playing sports, like we know what that's like. We're like, imagine like this whole next level of it. Like, I won't lie. The, the, the most adrenaline I've ever got is on the start lines to races that I know are going to hurt. Like mountains. When I see there's a mountain in the course and it's all dirt and rocky. Well, dude, when we... It's like a shot of when adrenaline. we took a knife to a gun battle, <laughs> and we had to run out of there, dude. <laughs> I don't think I ever ran. You got you got to give your testimony for 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 this. Like, oh, we ain't got time for that. Today. No, but we got to do an episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're we're running away and because our friends trying to get with this girl that's got a boyfriend. The boyfriend's a homie from a rival gang, 
And so he run. He's at the house. Somebody goes and tells him. So he comes out with his gun. And somebody comes out and says, he's coming with the gun. So we take off running. Okay, so maybe he's felt this level of adrenaline. Me yeah. and Josh have not. <laughs> <laughs> we take off running. There's a field of grass, probably about four to five feet of high grass. And we just go in there, and then we just one of the one of one of the guys uh, just says, "Hey, he's like, hit the ground." So we just jump, and then no, but next thing you know, it's just vroom, whoosh, 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 like five shots. <laughs> I didn't know this happened. Like, oh, yeah, I've heard this. Man, man, this is this is what those cringy people when they're giving their testimony, like, yeah, back in my BC days, <laughs> before Christ era. My BC days when someone thought about shooting at me. <laughs> this one actually you oh, got no, shot, shot at. at yeah, <laughs> but no, the the cringy people talk about how close they were to getting shot at, and they weren't. Yeah, they weren't <laughs> were close at all. Uh, so I got a flip phone, and uh, so I can't listen to podcasts anymore. <laughs> So it has this FM radio built in. I want to buy a real portable radio that I can clip to my pocket. Just so buy a Spotify AM player. Too. A Spotify but player will work. They have them? <laughs> not. You could get a, uh, no, an iTunes too, device. They used to have the ones that they have for like uh, the, the, the like satellite the radio. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 But I, I just want an AM FM. I'm good with that. But right now the only preaching I can hear is... Well, so far that I've kept track of who it is is Jay Vernon McGee. Oh, I love that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. From like back in the sixties. Oh, that dude is amazing. He comes on from ten thirty to eleven, and then from eleven to eleven thirty, it's like yeah. Christian choirs, and so I feel like yeah. Giovanna. Yeah, but look like at how what an amazing okay work that he so, did to where he's been passed for yeah thirty hey, years. Hey, they they were Spotify players. Really? And and he's like you might need he plays phone. on K Wave and all that yeah. stuff and CSN and yeah like thirty years later. so so I I just want to talk a little and I hope we get to John but just about what the teaching was on today because I I've heard him a little bit before and it's pretty good mm-hmm. and then uh, I listened yesterday no Friday and that's how I figured out the schedule for it uh, and it was good but today I listened to like the whole episode for the first time and. Uh, uh, it was crazy, man. He's like teaching on Ephesians. It just makes you rethink everything because it's like from a whole nother era where people were more serious about life. Mm-hmm. And it kind of cleared up my whole confusion on like works based and then faith and then losing your salvation or not. He made a really good point. And now I'm like for sure on it. Like I, I've always talked about it and been like, well, I don't know. Like it kind of shifts, but nah. Because he said, you know, those who do these things won't inherit the kingdom of God, right? But God chastens his children, right? God disciplines those whom he loves. So if you're not being disciplined, you're not a child of God. But if you are, that means you're feeling this conviction, right? He says so many people do this horrible thing and then come to him and be like, have I committed the unforgivable sin? And I've heard Chuck say this before too, like, if you think you did it, then you didn't. Because the fact that you still care means you didn't. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Because the only sin we can still commit that's not covered is the unpardonable sin, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Rejecting him so many times that even God's like, you know what, we're done here. And you're doomed at that point, and you don't have a conscience anymore. So you wouldn't care at that point. And not that many people really get to that point, right? Uh, Most people get to that point when they die. But, yeah, so the point he was making was, you know, if you think you committed it 
that means you still care. That means you obviously didn't commit the unpardonable sin. You're convicted. That means God's dealing with you as his child, right? And how even Christians can live in a life of sin, right? You can say the sinner's prayer, live in a life of sin, but you're sealed to the day of redemption. Now, the thing is that no one else will know that you're Christian, right? And that at the end of the day, that it's not about like they were never Christian. You know, we're always talking like, well, they fell away, they were never Christian. Well, at the end of the day, the prodigal son comes back, but the pigs don't. And that was like, whoa, <laughs> that's crazy, man. Like, the pigs don't come back. They don't go to the father's house. They get eaten there, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was pretty crazy, man. And then, uh, nah, he, he was also saying, like, you know, I, I'm guessing this is the 60s. I haven't looked it up. It, maybe it's 50s. I don't know. But he's like, yeah. he's like, we were all shocked when they started putting uh, females and males in the same dormitories in college on different floors, but now they're even bunking together, and they'll tell me that they aren't having sex, and I'll be like, you're, you're a liar, and then if you say I have a dirty mind, well, sure, but that's what you're doing, and you know, he's saying that you gotta call out sin, but he was also saying that people think they need to evangelize, that we need to be going around and just telling everyone they're sinners and blah, but that the way we do it is by being the light. Mm-hmm. And by being the light, people will ask you. Mm-hmm. And that made sense too because I guess somewhat of a personal struggle in ministry too because Pastor Chuck, I've heard teach like, you know, he, he when he stopped telling people to invite people to church so the denomination could get the numbers and he started just teaching the word and feeding the sheep, that they were well-fed and wanted to share this with other people. Mm-hmm. And so J. Vernon McGee w- went off that, too, and it made a lot of sense because he's like, y- you know, most people aren't getting saved at these evangelical events or from people street witnessing. Like, we're the light and the darkness. The light and the darkness isn't our good works, or, or it is our good works that are for God, Right? Because you have religion and all these things that aren't really the light, you know? And people are searching and doing all these evil things, but what the people who don't want to be in darkness, right? Like in John 3, we read of people who like the darkness and want to hide in it because the light exposes their sin. But there's people who don't want to be there anymore, and they're drawn to the light. That's the Holy Spirit wooing them, you know? So I found that very interesting. And he was also saying, like, and this is all just in a 30-minute sermon. It, it was epic, man. How we, we should be talking to God, praying, like if he's our best friend. Like, mm-hmm. you, you're never like, what should we talk about next, you know? You, you're, you just always have something to talk about. You talk about your temptations, what you like, what you don't like, how your day was, you know, what you want in life, you know, what's bothering you, like, you know, and God wants to be that friend to us. That, that was why he made us. That was mm-hmm. the whole point. And so I thought it was a pretty good sermon. And it was really eye-opening because, you know, Pastor Chuck's biggest fear, he would say, is that when he dies, that the movement that he helped start would, like, you know, like all the other revivals, just turn into a set of rules and its own denomination. And everyone jokes that Calvary Chapel's like the non-denominational denomination, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but it's like... You know, again, it's not out of malice. It's not that 
we're trying to mess things up, but in reality we do. We we have like straight away from the simplicity of the gospel, even within Calvary mm-hmm. chapels, I think, you know. And that was another point that I think I, I, I could implement in my teaching too, is that uh, he was saying that sometimes listeners will call into the radio, and this was way back when, and be like, well, why aren't you talking about this issue or that issue or that one? And he says that it's not his job to just go out of his way and attack these sins. Like, he teaches the Bible, and when the Bible addresses them, he teaches on them, right? And that we need to be the light. And I think that's part, and that's where I'm conflicted and where I want you guys to pitch in a little. It's like, so there is these sins. There's abortion. There's uh, LGBTQ rights and all this stuff. It's bad. It's evil. It's from the devil. That doesn't mean these people can't be saved, though. But it's like, okay, how do we call it out, but also not? You know, like, love them. Because not saying that it's okay, but at the same time, they feel attacked. Because we're always like, well, this is wrong, this is wrong. When are we going to talk about something else? Because those aren't the only sins. There's so much sin in the church. It has nothing to do with either of those things. Right? And so it's like... Where's the line? Where's the balance? You know, well, how do we have an impact? To only the only real way to call out someone in their sin with love, so like an LGBTQ person, is to do the same thing the black dude did with the KKK leader. You know, he became friends with them, so that way it's not just you talking about what's wrong, but you're talking well, and you're talking about other issues too. But um, to talk about just one thing that's wrong in general, you have to be friends with them. I mean, if I went up to some person who I've talked to like two times in the last five months, and then I start talking about all the wrong they're doing, or they come up to me, I'm not going to listen. But if it's you or any of my other friends, David, nice Cade's been on this podcast. So if Cade came up to me, even though I haven't talked to him more than two times in the last five months, his, that situation's a little different. He just kind of moved away. But if he came up to me and talked to me about something, I would listen. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it comes down to actually doing with love is being around them. Jesus mm-hmm. ate at the table with sinners, and we won't eat at the table with them exactly so it, i i go by uh raul's philosophy uh for the most part his philosophy is like he'll, he'll say like hey i go to the gym every morning and i don't preach to anybody mm. but i i show them by example and they just come to me and and they just start asking questions and eventually you know they turn to god now if they ask me you know first we become friends and then they ask well then you tell them the truth. You don't sugarcoat it. Hmm. But, you know, you can't just go up to somebody and say, like Josh said, you, you can't just go up to them and say, hey, you know, you're a sinner and you're going to go to hell because you're doing this. No, because at that point, you shut them off right away. No. Mm-hmm. Become their friend. Allow them to see how you're different and how God lives, guides your life. And then they're going to question. And then at that point, you say, okay, well, I'll, if you really want to know, I'm going to tell you, but you might not like my mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you tell them, look, what you're doing is wrong. And you show them in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and you tell them, like, like one of your aunts told me one time, it's like, oh, what do you think about, about uh, gay people? And I said, well, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says because what I think doesn't matter. How mm-hmm. I feel about it doesn't matter. It's what the Bible says. And this is the Bible says. The Bible says that if they don't repent, then they're going to go to hell. It's a sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it leads to death, like all, all the other sins. I said, but 
That's what the Bible says. And it doesn't matter if I agree with it or not. Mm-hmm. It's what it is. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. So that's what I told her. And she was like, oh, you're a hater. You're that. <laughs> I didn't even tell her my opinion. Yeah. I just told her what the Bible said. But you know what they said, too? You know, my, my other sister was like, you know, oh, you're a hater. You're this, you're that. And I'm like, okay, sister, well, call me out right now in front of everybody. Call me out. What, how did I wrong you? Mm-hmm. Well, you always talk about the Bible and you think you know all the Bible and this and that. You know, if you're going to misquote the Bible or, or you're going to do stuff, it's my duty as a believer mm-hmm. to put the word yeah. there. Because what I say or what I think or what I feel does not matter. It doesn't. That is the one so, time that you have to call it out, yeah, whether yeah. you're friends or not. Well, yeah. I'm sure it's more than just one. But that's the main, if the Bible was being taught wrong. So, so do, do you think, and this, because, you know, no church is perfect, but, you know, a lot of the things we talk about on a podcast don't entirely apply to our church. But do you think... That's something that even our church could do better at. Like, maybe we're in a bubble. Like, do you think we need to go out and try to be friends with unbelievers? More? Oh, yeah. Because I'm saying me, like, I don't have any unbelieving friends because, well, I have one. But that's because, like, I work at the church. I go to church. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's at the church. So You were homeschooled. <laughs> but, like, should we be making more of an effort to just go make well, friends so, with people? In I don't the know world, if you make or, more of an effort. But yeah. be more being, open to it when the opportunity comes. Being, I think being in this situation for that opportunity to come. But I've talked to people at our school, and they ask me where I go to church or whatnot, mm-hmm. even other Christians, and they're all like, and they say, I say I go to Calvary Chapel. I'm like, I don't, I've never heard of that. Where is that? And yeah. then I'm like, do you know where Rock Point is? And Rock Point's another mile the other way. And they know where Rock Point is. So our like church Castillo, just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a big difference too because everybody has to drive to the elsewhere. <laughs> In or out. Sucks. That um, is true. Santan and Sossaman, not not very many people go to there. So you got to know where it's at. But hey, our church is probably doubled in size. Oh, it's growing. Since before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It started growing. It's rapidly COVID, growing. It's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Because it's one of the only real. I I don't know how to put this. It it teaches the word really well, and there's plenty go. of other pastors I, I was gonna, I, I was all gonna, over who can't do that. Oh yeah, on that Josh, but yeah, no, we are we're probably yeah, there's the other there's other good out of the churches. Bible. Yeah, in my opinion, there's some. Well, no, there's other great churches near churches us. Churches in the area. Yeah, there's some but... great. There's some other not great ones, but ours every Sunday, every every night, there's something taught out of the Bible there. Yeah. I don't except think Monday. another church can really say that. Well, except Thursdays. Mondays, because Mondays is the day off. <laughs> yeah. you got to start something Mondays and Thursdays, Josh. There's it's us. It's up to you. Is there nothing yeah. Thursdays? No. Well, really? There's an Ambassadors of Hope meeting once there a month. Yeah, once a month. There's worship team practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Mondays there's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah, we'll get something going Mondays eventually. And, and maybe it's like because all the volunteers really volunteer Sunday, and so like like Monday's like oh, we're done, <laughs> like this is our real Sabbath <laughs> Monday. Nah, because you know what, a lot of people don't see. They don't see a lot of the behind the scenes. Oh yeah, they go and they see the nice building, the clean building, you know, the landscape, but they don't see like they don't see the forty hours of landscape. If you told them there's the one person landscaping, guys, they wouldn't believe you. The the three guys who clean for four hours we'll on Wednesdays. Yeah. Uh, clean the entire sanctuary, vacuum the whole place. Like it, it's crazy. And not even to like say that oh, you people should be doing more, but like, 
ask around at your church. Like mm-hmm. they have something for you to you do. You should I, feel I guarantee they have. You should feel for you the to calling help. to do something. I mean, how did? Yeah, we we got started because we just kind of helped around a little bit. Nah, they right. they were well, gonna miss we were... one week. Yeah, and we just never left. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, one of the. Uh, how did they ask us though? One of the guys from the uh, one of the uh, youth leaders at, at church. Uh, he just talked about this on Wednesday. If you don't know what your calling is, get involved. Mm-hmm. Get involved, and you'll find. You'll realize out. real mm-hmm. quick what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. No, sure, and you can't complain about kids if you've never done the kids. Like, get yeah. over but look, it's like, it. Serve with the kids. I don't I'm know in if there I told this story every week. It's yet, fun. But, like, for whatever reason, and, I and this goes back to my childhood, it does. It's like a mental block. If I see there's a need, I want to help with all my heart, but I don't help. I'm just going to do it. I need somebody to come and tell me. So, like, uh, a couple of years ago when we were helping uh, Pastor Jim, you know, set up and, and do part of the meal for Men's Steady, I went up to him and I said, okay, look, I, I really like to do this. And I really want to help. But I need you to ask me. <laughs> Strange. I mean, no, I did. <laughs> Pastor Al uh, was telling me, hey, you know, I w- I'd like for you to be a part of the rotation. He says, I want to set up a rotation with the teachings. And I said, okay. In Spanish? Yeah, in Spanish. I said, this is what I need you to do for me. I need you to tell me you're teaching on this day. <laughs> yeah. I said, don't ask me when can you do it. Because I'll, I'll never be able to do it, man. Mm-hmm. Right? Not only because we're all so busy because everything that goes on, but I'm the type of person, if you ask me to do something, man, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Happily do it. And like I said, it's it's like a mental block in my brain from when I was a child. And I think I think it's because Hefe used to tell me to the neighbor's house, like if the neighbor was like mowing their yard or cleaning, uh-huh. Hefe would always say, hey, go, go, to, go tell him, go help him, go help him. And I'd go and they always get mad. Oh, get out of here. I don't need your help. Well, you don't think I can do it? Okay. All the time. And I'm, I think that's why I have a hard time now. He, he has so trauma cool. from his childhood. It is. Like I, like, I can see something right there that needs to pick up. And his I'm like his excitement around. to go be a helpful person in society. And the pain and sorrow of being rejected. I like how this is the trauma, not the no, gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can see something on the ground right there. And I could be like, all right, I got to pick that up. But then I'll just start looking around like, can somebody ask me to pick that up? Please. Captain, look at that. Nah, man. No, seriously, it's that bad. And I know it's wrong, but... So like I told him, look, I, I love to do this. God has put it in my heart. You know, I do feel led to do it, but I just need you to tell me you're teaching me. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. But anyways. But we encourage you to ask. Absolutely. Like, peep, th- there's stuff to do, man. Well, hey, I went to pastor and I told him, please ask me to do this for you. <laughs> and even, and even, even if there's already someone doing that, you know, Maybe they have other things they can do. Like, I don't know. No, you know, you know what Pastor did when I told him that? What? He started laughing. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, please ask me. It's like, okay, can you come in an hour early and help me? Yes. I can do this. <laughs> well, anyways, Josh, let's get our final sound in. It, it, it can be my dad's sorrow after being rejected wah, by the neighbor. Wah, wah, yeah. Wah. Mm-hmm.